Let's talk dollars, security, and the bleeding edge. But before we do that, today's podcast is sponsored by Security Unlocked, a new podcast from Microsoft focusing on artificial intelligence and machine learning and security. Check out the links down in the description below. Get that set up correctly. Here we go. Let's rock and roll, everybody. Somehow, January is over. It's over. Like, it's over. We have plowed through. It's been a good month. My daughter made me a, a wristband, which you can see here. Find that on LTTstore.com. Um, not really, but anyways, uh, she made this, so if anybody's wondering where that came from. Anyways, uh, January's over, and it is earnings season. Earnings season impacts every single public company, and Microsoft had a blockbuster quarter. No other way to describe it. Uh, $43.1 billion in net income, and putting $15.5 billion into the, into the bank, into the bank, $15.5 billion into the bank to invest in something for tomorrow, which is a 33% increase year over year. So that means they made a third more than they did in the, like, it, it's, these are just astounding numbers. And actually, uh, Microsoft called out a couple of highlights, but one that I don't think many people have hit is that Microsoft security business actually did 10 billion in revenue in the past 12 months, representing more than 40% growth year over year. Microsoft security business has been exploding lately, uh, given everything that's happening in the world and the fact that they have just oodles of noodles of data, uh, puts them in a unique position to do that kind of stuff. And so not surprising that that is a fast growing uh, segment inside the company. So there's just a lot going on. Xbox had phenomenal numbers. Surface, a big fan of the Surface team, uh, crested $2 billion for the first time. Interesting numbers, mostly because I thought it might be maybe a little bit higher, given how many people are buying um, devices right now. Intel and everybody else reported pretty strong numbers. And Microsoft uh, announced the Surface Laptop Go, which is a lower-priced product, typically lower-priced products, selling more volume. And so you'd see that revenue pop a little higher. Either way, they crested $2 billion for the first time, which is a big, uh, tremendous achievement for Surface, and that is just showing that, hey, people do actually like Surface products and continue to buy them. Uh, also, Microsoft announced the general availability of Application Guard for Office, if you've been waiting for that. That's definitely more of an IT Pro-focused thing. And there's also a new Surface Duo update now rolling out. You more than likely have it on your device, and there's a bunch of things in here that get patched and fixed, and it's just, again, making things smoother, a little bit better. Unfortunately, still no word on when the next major update for Android is coming. Remember, it's still running uh, like last Android 10. We're waiting for Android 11. Uh, I believe Android 12 should be announced here in the near future. And so we will see how Microsoft is going to navigate those update waters. But one of the big updates in the release for the Surface Duo is that they're updating a lot of their Microsoft 365 apps, which is a good thing, especially Teams and Outlook are getting new and improved uh, multi-pane window support, which is a little befuddling that this stuff didn't launch when the product came out because you have, well, you have two screens and you need really, really good multi-window support because at the end of the day, the Duo is only good if the apps that take advantage of the dual displays are good, right? Like if you have just a single pane app, it, it's you're losing some of that benefit of having a mobile productivity device in your pocket. Um, so anyways, be on the lookout for that. There is also a new Microsoft Teams offline experience. Now, I got some weird questions about this. So what this is, is Microsoft Teams, the, the company's productivity like hub, I don't know, some people call it a business OS, whatever you want to call it, can work offline. But here's what happens. So let's say you're typing your message and you uh, you hit enter and you have weak connectivity. Right now, it just fails to send, right? The next update when this arrives, which should be, I believe, early next month, what will happen is it will get put into a queue. And then when you reconnect, it will send that message. Now, there's two phases to this. It'll get put into that queue. And then the next phase, which will also be rolling out later in February, it'll put into that queue. And then you'll be able to edit that message if needed. 
if after 24 hours you have not reconnected to the internet, it will just fail to send and that way you don't blast people when you reconnect. This feature, while it's called offline messaging, I think is really most useful in low connectivity or weak connectivity. Like when you're in a, a hotel room and the Wi-Fi is weaker than the coffee and you're like bouncing in and out, that is where it's really useful because right now, if you have weak connectivity and you hit enter to send, it just fails rather than just trying to sit there and wait until it has proper connectivity to send that message. So be on the lookout for that. That is actually a pretty big update and something that I know uh, will help people who are bouncing in and out of connectivity more so than the people who like quite literally turn off the internet. They're not trying to send messages like they're aware that they don't have connectivity. And so there you go. Um, there's also been some pretty heavy handed uh, leadership changes inside of Microsoft. Now, I, I'm not classifying this as a mass exodus, a, a turnover, if you will. I think it's just timing. Um, so Kurt Delbane uh, is retiring from Microsoft. He will officially be staying on through June to help with the transition. He was on the senior leadership team. But Brad Anderson also recently left and he was pretty much the face, at least in my opinion, of Microsoft 365, sort of that productivity suite. Uh, he left for Qualtrics and then Julia White, uh, Another big face of Azure, she was a lot, actually Julie and Brad were always on stage at things like Ignite or all their major events. Um, she has left for SAP. I don't, again, I don't think that this is a, a mass exodus. Like these people had been in their positions for a long time. They had done their their service. Uh, and honestly, it might just be that they hit, felt like they hit a ceiling cap or they just were maybe potentially tired of doing the same thing. Like when you reach a certain level, uh, especially with these individuals, like your next like promotion is like a massive jump into like the CEO suite. And those are very few and far between. And so you do this for a long time and you're just looking for a change. I actually think specifically in Brad Anderson's uh, position. He was actually just looking to spend more time with his family. Um, and I know he was traveling a lot. I, I would imagine he's still going to be traveling a lot with Qualtrics. I think they just went public uh, actually yesterday. But either way, um, there's going to be some new faces floating around and Microsoft is going to have to go through that. I don't want to say branding effort again, but they're going to have to get new faces up on stage and they're going to have to create, you know, new quote unquote faces of the brand because Brad and Julia were, were very well known. Um, other things happening in the world of Microsoft, if you use Edge, PWAs now support uh, profiles in Edge, which is great if you use multiple iterations of the same app, but with different profiles. Um, so you can now be working with that for PWAs. I'm still pretty big bullish on PWAs. Actually, this past week, um, I've been running everything in a PWA. So I'm running the word that I'm using for my show notes right now in a PWA. I'm running Teams as a PWA. I'm running Excel as a PWA, PowerPoint. Everything that I can is running as a PWA. And I'll write it up. There are some, gotchas is the wrong word, but there are some like limitations that you just might want to be aware of, especially when it comes to Teams. So be on the lookout for that. And I believe I had said previously that the Microsoft Surface Laptop 4 is coming in the spring. I had been hearing that announcement date around March. Um, it looks like Zach is also hearing April. So sometime between late March and April, sometime in there, it could be announced in March, released in April, or sometime between March and April. Be on the lookout for Surface Laptop 4. Not expecting much in the way of deviation from current iteration or design. Um, it looks like everything is just going to be an update. The biggest thing I don't know at this point is they are going to be using updated Ryzen chips. Microsoft has a rich history of not launching um, the latest chips after the Skylake stuff. So it might be Ryzen 4000, even though they just announced Ryzen 5000 in January. Um, so be be looking out uh, for that because we'll see. We'll see. And then, of course, updated Intel chips will be arriving there. But again, not expecting. We might see a new color maybe, um, but, you know. 
we'll uh we'll keep our eyes and locked and everything on that so jumping on over to uh as i mentioned at the top of the hour my friends over at microsoft evangelist nick and natalia have a new podcast called security unlocked where they take a closer look at the latest innovations in threat intelligence security research and data science with a special focus on demystifying artificial intelligence in machine learning now they have their latest uh well one of the latest episodes i should say it's um episode 10 and it is called Tracking nation state actors. This one's actually pretty interesting. If you want to learn about how they are protecting patient zero, you should be uh, you should be cluing in on this. And there'll be links down in the description below. But for those who are honestly in the security industry or looking to enter into the industry, uh, this is a great way to learn how to identify how industry professionals approach tough problems and unique solutions. Be sure to listen uh, with the link down in the description below. I've listened. I, I think I'm all the way caught up to every single one, and they're always just sort of a knowledge brain dump for me uh, about what's going on in that segment and it helps me just kind of just stay aware uh, of the industry as a whole because they're, they're smart people talking about smart stuff so let's just jump over to the gaming news if you will here um, Microsoft a Microsoft studio I should say uh, announced that bleeding edge which was a sort of battle rumble style game uh, is pretty much being abandoned um, there's no other way to describe it. it didn't, I don't think it's gotten an update since July, something like that. It's going to stay technically online, um, but if you've been looking for like a major update, it's not coming. Uh, another little interesting statistic here, which if you've hung around long enough on this channel, you know that I love stats. Uh, Epic Game Store grew to 160 million users in 2020 with daily active players at 31 million. Now to put that into some context, Microsoft announced uh, this week that Xbox Live has 100 million monthly users. So you're comparing days to months, so you're not getting a quite apples to apples comparison. But what I'm trying to hint at here is that the Epic Game Store has a very rich and vibrant user base. They're not that anybody expected them to be small in any capacity, but you can look at a platform like Xbox Live at 100 million and Epic Game Store at 31 million daily users. It's a big it's a big thing. Um, other things that I think are worth paying attention to, especially in the gaming industry right now, well, there's two things, actually. Uh, sea of Thieves Season 1 is now live. Sea of Thieves continues to be that sort of sleeper hit. If you if you pay attention to the Steam top-selling game, Sea of Thieves is, like, always bouncing in and out near the top. Uh, Microsoft has just done an exceptional job of keeping this older title relevant for a long time. And this is what Phil Spencer keeps talking about when they look at casual play-style games. He loves the Sea of Thieves. He loves the Minecrafts because they're not they're not flash in the pan or you know I mean Call of Duty is definitely not flash in the pan um, but they're they're robust and they have length to them and that is what Microsoft wants to build inside of Game Pass to keep people really sticking around and so Sea of Thieves rolling out the other thing too is there's still a lot of chatter going around um, in the acquisition arena and I, somebody quoted that the Bethesda acquisition took about three years to close or three years to come to an agreement I don't know the full ins and outs but the only reason I bring that up is that when I hear things and the reason why I don't just say XYZ is happening is because these things can take a very long time and they fall apart for lots of reasons so uh, just be on the lookout for those conversations flying around uh, on the internets and so here we are uh questions of the week always my favorite part i know i say that every time oops i refreshed the wrong tab and so we are going to jump into those i always tweet them out at throt 
it's the the thread is posted on threat.com um, but i tweeted out on twitter and so you can follow that link and then we can go from there uh sydney 2k leading it off says a couple qas ago you mentioned that during the holiday season you were dabbling in learning an animation uh if you can actually see an animation all right there um so did you do it via an online course and if so which course provider no i did not do it actually i did it via a course called YouTube University. Uh, and I'm using DaVinci Resolve. If you click the Fusion tab and then go to YouTube, you can find tons of tutorials on how to do basic callouts uh, and fly out animations like I just posted down there. And so that is how I do it. I, I learn a lot on YouTube. Um, that's that's honestly just where where uh, where it went. Mooncakes jumping into the question box here, and he says, uh, "What do you think about Microsoft buying public company public game studios? People have mostly focused on private companies, but never." on public because it is more difficult. So there, there's a couple reasons why people tend to focus on private. You hit it on the nail on the head. One, it is much easier to buy a private company um, for multiple reasons. One, it is they're typically smaller. Typically, not always, typically smaller. Um, two, there's a lot less regulation you have to go through, and that is why people focus on them. Now, public companies, they do, Microsoft does buy public companies. That is not something that they avoid when the, when the timing is right and if the reasoning is, is sound. Um, it's just a lot more hurdles and headaches to go through that because you have shareholders to deal with it's just it's just a different process and he says another question what do you think about microsoft putting in a lot more publishers into game pass like with ea play and rumored you play this is microsoft's long-term strategy um i i can't i know phil spencer said that uh game pass is sustainable but I'm, what i'm curious is like what are the actual margins on game pass because we don't know the deal with ea but microsoft is going to be using that as a template to try to convince these other companies to put their older titles and that's where i think game pass is going to find initial success right while microsoft is putting their day one titles into the service which is great i think for a lot of other companies such as like ea they have proven that hey if we put our titles that are like over 12 months old or something like that that are falling off the charts into game pass they're probably seeing some revive potential revenue which is a really big deal so there you go uh, I, I would be on the lookout for that kind of stuff um, going forward uh, the big G0077 says, uh, what do you think about the possibility of giving away extra objectively good games every month for Game Pass Ultimate remember, mem remember, members so that regular gold members get four games and Game Pass members get five games? So here's the only challenge with that. Um, I don't think it's a bad idea. I, I really don't think it's a bad idea. The challenge with that is that if you give away those objectively good games into Game Pass Ultimate, people might just leave Game Pass Ultimate, right? Like if they go, let's just say 10 months, then they have 10 great games. And then what do they need Game Pass for? I don't think it's a crazy thought, but like if they're giving away AAA titles and that sort of thing, um, I think they might honestly just push themselves out of the market a little bit. And so I don't think that they will do it, at least not an initially but it's not a bad idea i think it's just sort of microsoft's got to be careful about the value proposition of game pass ultimate versus what they're giving away uh, to people who are subscribing to it so interesting it's an interesting thought it really is shark 47 any chance that microsoft buys one or more non-gaming focused companies in 2021 i think there's absolutely going to be uh acquisitions in 2021 um who and what where when and why are to be seen microsoft buys um many i, I, I was gonna say dozens of companies a year but it, it 
ebbs and flows, but they are definitely going to be acquiring companies in 2021. I don't think any reason not to, especially with them putting $15 billion in the bank and they've been on a roll and their war chest is just growing. So strategic acquisitions are going to absolutely be on the agenda. An old Amiga user says, did not get this one in last week, so here we go. Uh, considering that the case for the Duo is more of a PDA than a phone, do you think the larger Neo running either Windows 10X or Android would be better received since it's clearly not a phone by virtue of size. Microsoft says that the Duo is not a phone, but the phone, but the size makes it not, but semi kind of sort of is something a phone. So I, I, this is an interesting thought because the Surface Neo, for those who are not familiar, take the Surface Duo, but scale it up um, to I think it's like nine inches or something like it, screen size, something like that. Would that be a better mobile productivity device i think it would be because you have more screen real estate now the challenge is it doesn't fit in your pocket unless you're wearing those giant like jeans jinko jeans that we had in the uh, early 2000s or late 90s or whenever that was um interesting thought running windows 10 or 10x or android i don't know if they would run android at that screen size because i feel like that's fully into the windows world and they would want to push their own stuff and these web apps which i'm running are fantastic and work would work just fine at that size. Um, I I don't know if I would call it a PDA at that size. At that point, it's more of just it's it's more of like the the Bugatti Veyron or Chiron uh, at that point because it's like a it's like a vanity piece. Like it's really cool, it's really awesome. But then you're getting into the same size as like a laptop. Is that going to be more productive productivity based or pro, more productive? Productivity based? I don't know, whatever word I'm trying to say. More productive than a laptop, if I could use and enunciate correctly. I don't think it would be. Um, that being said, I, I, I really want a Neo. Um, I think they would be super cool and super fun to use. So I, I hope Microsoft does not fully and truly cancel that product line. Uh, Jamie F says, do you play Destiny 2? If so, what are your thoughts on the state of the game? So I used to play Destiny 2 a lot. Um, I used to play it a lot and here's the progression of how, where you can, I can't remember exactly when I stopped playing destiny two, but I played destiny two for a while. It was before they launched their new sort of free updates and free to play model. It was definitely before that because I started, I went from destiny two to apex legends, um, to, uh, call of duty war zone. So like it's, it's honestly probably been 18 months, 24 months at this point. Um, since I really played destiny two a lot, I hope the, I'm kind of still waiting for them to like restart the game because if they they do, um, I probably would absolutely jump back in. And I know people are saying they always bring you up to speed with every big release, and that's fine. Uh, but at the end of the day, like I just feel like I would be so far lost. And honestly, a lot of my friends who were playing Destiny Two like really a lot have have moved on, mostly because it came kind of stale. Uh, and I'm sure I could jump back in and have a lot of fun leveling up my Titan, um, but. I haven't I haven't jumped in for a while, candidly. So, uh, Eric Meets World says, any updates on rumors on the EA Play being added to Xbox Game Pass subscription? I believe I'm assuming that you mean on the PC because on the console it's already there. I know that because I downloaded the Star Wars game like last weekend or whenever. Um, so I know we haven't. All we've heard is well, they said early 2021, and I guess we're technically through the first month, and so you know. Dictionary definition, I guess, early 2021 could be up until June. Um, I would interpret it to mean Q1, but we have not heard anything. So, no. Um, I, I haven't heard anything about when that's coming, but I know that there are quite a few people who are waiting for that. And it's just been, um, it's sort of been an interesting week. Microsoft, 
historically speaking, tends to not dump a lot of news during earnings week. They try to let their earnings speak for themselves. And we didn't get a lot of news this week. It's not that there wasn't any, uh, but like big, you know, salacious, uh, salient items did not arrive this week. No big surprise. It is, you know, it is the end of January. And so as we push forward here towards things, announcements will start coming out. Microsoft has also announced, which I forgot at the top of the show, uh, that Ignite Part 2 will be March 2nd through the 4th. And uh, that will be an area of a lot of announcements coming from Microsoft. Microsoft as well. So as we dive on out of here, do not, whoops, oh no, it did not, there we go, I hit the wrong one, there we go. Do not forget, friends, that today's podcast was brought to you by Security Unlocked. You can find links down in the description below or go directly to their site at securityunlockedpodcast.com. And as always, friends, I appreciate you hanging out with me. It is Friday and uh, make sure to hit that subscribe button because the only BS on this channel is me.